Look, BB is here to comfort me. Wait a minute. Hello? I think we got rid of it. So- Sounds like it's gone to me. Because BB's giving me comfort. I think we got rid of it, but I I'm think done. we did too. Oh, right, let's get rid of that. Look how clueless I look on the fucking video. She said, Chrissy said it's fixed. It's fixed. So the buzzing's fixed. Okay. God bless America. So, hey, here we are, bourbon and lax. I don't even know what I did to fix the buzzing. I just fixed the buzzing. Bourbon and lax, unbuzzed. Okay. Coming at your motherfucking ass. So I think we need to start with the apology to Allie. Because it wasn't what we thought it was. I know you don't want to apologize, but I want to apologize. Allie's always made me buzz a little bit. I'm just saying it wasn't it wasn't Allie. It was it was us. We did it. Good point. So sorry, Allie. So we're here. Can you hear us? Do we sound good? Yeah, we sound good. We sound great? I, mean, I think so, yeah. You're the only one that can hear. I can hear us. We're here. We're doing a show. We're live. Yes. Uh, Bob, hopefully. Can you talk for a second so I can figure something out? Yeah, I'm talking right Thanks. now. Thanks. All right, so we are on Bourbon and Lax Live. want to start with thanking um, Wave Audio. Space, uh, Wave Space Wave Audio. Space Audio for our intro and our music and shit like that. Also want to thank Sergio for finally fucking getting us up and running. Hey, Sergio, good job. It was very stressful there for a minute. Right. It was. It, it was really was. very stressful there for a we've minute. Never, we've never podcasted from two places at one time. No. Or in one podcast. But we're, we're good. We're, we're back up and running. I think, everything's, I think everything's good. It is good. All right, so we're good. Um, I want to get into this really quick because we've already been out this for about an hour and we haven't said shit. But... Uh, This is a topic that we wanted to discuss because part of this podcast is we're in the car business. We like to talk about stuff that happens in the car business because it's a crazy business, right? Like, it's really nuts. And we like to talk about it on here because we like to take out the spotlight, put it on the car business so people know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Like what we do what we mm-hmm. go through, what customers go through, what everybody goes through, buying a car. It's never an easy process. We at TradelineMotorCars.com. You're wearing the hat, too. Yeah. I rep that shit. We try to make it as easy, clean, and simple as possible, but it's still not that easy, right? No. So the topic of tonight's show is one of my favorite topics. I talk about it a lot. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It makes me say hello and goodbye. <laughs> it makes me. It gives you ulcers. It gives night. me ulcers. It's the reason that my life might at some point run short. But the topic is top 10 or 11 or 12 reasons or excuses. Top 10 or 11 or 12 excuses. excuses. They're not reasons. Not reasons. Excuses that customers give for simply not buying a car. In other words, they could just say, nah, I don't want to buy the car and leave. But instead, they give you these excuses. Okay. Now, before you get very animated, I'm going to point out that this camera right here is very fragile. 
So you're like wobbling it just a little bit. So like, don't start like smashing your Hulk smashing your hand. I can't promise anything. Okay. Then just letting everybody know it might fall. Not when we talk about this stuff. You're right. All right. So I'm going to start off quick with the first excuse. You ready? I'm ready. You got to turn that down a little bit though, because I can hear it. better that's way better all right i have to produce this while you're doing this too i'm going to start with the most common one the one that every salesperson has to learn to hurdle i'm just here looking Ooh, that one hurts <laughs> i mean what do you do what do you do when someone comes in they go all the way to your dealership wherever that is and they walk in and you're just like hey there's a guy that wants to buy a car and he goes hey hey just real quick i'm just here to look around I think the I think the most entertaining part of that comment, especially someone like us, we're not off the we're, we're not off the beaten path. You have to look for us. So right. if you go to a major dealership off of a major highway that has tons of like signage, yeah, I can see just coming to look. There wasn't much left. What the fuck is that? I finished it. I, there's not much. If there's a lot of signage, you know, it's a big dealership that's got like. 500 right. cars yeah you probably will go by there and maybe just take a look but we are not off of a major highway we're off of a like a side street we're off of like a side street of a side street so when people walk in there it's like how are you just coming to look it's not it's not a just coming to look kind of place in my opinion for my first couple of years in the car business people would come in and they'd say hey i'm just here to look there's no way i'm buying and i would basically be like this okay let's go look around and I would like walk them around by the hand like a fucking kindergarten teacher. And I'd be like, there's that car and there's that car. And two hours later when they were done looking, they would leave. And it's basically, they, it made me feel like some old whore. <laughs> who just, somebody came in and just fucked the hell out of and left without giving them any money. That's what I felt like. Just an old whore that gave it up quick didn't vet the guy or do anything and then he just walked out of there like he just like you know did that and walked off turn it down just turn you down just a little bit that, or us I thought I was it's down all the way. I still hear us maybe you gotta maybe, mute it maybe it's your phone dude no mine's playing as a camera over here you gotta mute it mute what mute you mute the Facebook live oh sorry see Got it. hashtag old man problems better much better okay and so and they just walk out, and I'd be like, well, okay. And I'd go into my boss at the time. I'd be like, well, you know, they were just looking around. And he would say something like, well, why don't you go out there and look around too? <laughs> Since you're not here to sell a car, why don't you go out there and look around too? And I learned really quick and really fast that I needed to get more information from people when they walked in the door because I wasn't working at a museum. You were in a car dealership. I was working at a car dealership, right? Like, this is not the Jurassic Park exhibit. This is a car dealership, right? They came all the way to your dealership, and they literally fed you a line of, hey, I'm just here to look. And you go, oh, okay. And you walk around and look with them. What are you looking for, the best deal? I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, like, I don't understand that. So I learned over time to, when a customer walks in, first of all, build rapport, vet the customer a little bit, figure out what's going on some, mm -hmm. so that I could try to turn that into a car deal. And the first thing I started to do with customers when they'd say, I'm just looking, I would respond with, okay, great. What are you looking for? A car, SUV, or truck? Right? Off the bat. Yeah. 
and start to narrow down what it is they're looking for. And I'd put it back on them, you know, because otherwise everybody's really just fucking looking, you know, but what are you looking for? Well, you got to let them, I don't know. I'm looking for a car for my daughter. Right. How old is your daughter? She'll be 19. She's going to college. Awesome. What college is she going to? USC. Great school. Great school. Good football team. Really good school. Not big on their uniforms. Uh, Vince Young beat their ass pretty bad. But is she planning on driving to school or are you going to fly her out there and then ship the car we're going to sell you to her? She's going to drive out there in the car that we're going to In this car that you're buying today? Okay, great. And then you can... You can move into you've something. You've started there. something. You've broken the ice. You've broken the ice. You've gathered some information that's needed, right? That's the number one thing that people say when they come in is I'm just looking. But here's the thing. If they came to your dealership trying to buy a car, they are a car customer. They're going to buy a car from you or they're going to buy a car from someone else. Especially in the modern era, in the internet era, when you can just look at cars on cars.com and all that. I mean... Now you know that they're looking specifically for your car. Right. 20 years ago, you weren't doing that. 20 years ago, you were having to go to the dealership and go look at them because internet sales didn't really exist. Yeah, the newspaper. Yeah. But now you actually, you don't have, like, if you're going to pour it with a cork on there. You almost did. Who did that? You almost did that. Who did that? You almost did that. So that's, num- that's number 12. Is that number 12? Are we going back? That's number 12, I guess. And, and then we're going to keep going up, right? Okay. Number 11. I have one more to look at. That's a good one. Because they they come all the way to your dealership. They see a car. They drive a car. They check it out. They walk around it. They look at everything. They kick the tires. They ask you. They they point at a little dent on the door, and they go, what happened here? And you're thinking, well, hang on. Let me get my crystal ball out so I can go back into the past and find out what happened there. I have no fucking idea what happened there. But you make something up. Sounds good. Great. Okay. It's no big deal. Whatever it is, we can figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end of all that, at the end of all that, you ask the buying question. Sir, ma'am, are you ready to buy the car right now if we can work everything out? And they go, no, no. We've got one more to look at. Ouch. That hurts. One more to look at? I guess my question is, why didn't you go look at that one first? One one more. My question is always like, man, I wonder how many cars that guy sells at the one more place. Right? Like the guy that works at the one more place, I bet he sells 50 cars a month because that's all I hear is the one more guy, right? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, at that point, you have to decipher, okay, what's really the deal? Because that's not the deal. They don't have one more to look at, all right? They don't have one more to look at. I don't care if they have a list. They don't have one more to look at. Maybe they don't like your car. Yeah. Usually, it's that they don't like your car, okay? So you need to figure out what their goals are, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to figure out, and you got you, you to gotta make a move from there. But I got to go look at one more. My response is always, great, where is it? Well, it's at Huffines up in blah, 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 or whatever, right? Okay, great. Um, have you looked at the car's history at all? Do you know anything about the car? Have you seen the Carfax? Anything at all? What color is it? And you start asking them questions. Keep them engaged. Keep them engaged. Mm-hmm. Keep them engaged, right? And the longer you keep them engaged, the more opportunity you have to get them on a car, that car, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But the only time you lose them is when they go look at one more. 
Yeah, because they're probably not coming back. They're definitely not coming back. Yeah, you're right. Ever. 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 Buy or die, bitch. All right, so. That's number 11. Christy says she walks in and she's like, I'm buying this car. And I totally believe that because Christy is a no bullshit type person. But Christy, I need to let you in on something. You're not the norm. At all. You're more direct. You're more trustworthy. You're more a bunch of things. People lie. Buyers, buyers are liars. Are liars. Okay. Everybody's worried about a salesman lying to him. The fact see. is salesmen get lied to all day. Let me see if I got one. No, not that one. Nice. Buyers. Buyers are liars. I like it. All right. Number 10. What do we got? I got to talk to my husband or wife. <laughs> this one right here. This one, kill, this one kills me. Hey, look, man. Thanks for everything. I know we've been over numbers, and I told you I was ready to buy right now if figures are agreeable, but I need to talk to my wife. Will you tell the story of what you did? I wasn't there. I wish I was there when you did it. So what I did, what I do sometimes is that I don't want to make it easy on anybody to leave necessarily because, and not in a mean way, but just I want to make sure, like if you get in a fist fight and you lose, you still want to make sure you get a couple of shots in, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what I tell people is I say, hey, you need to call your wife? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, hang on, let me call my wife real quick and I'll call Allie on the phone. And I'll put her on speakerphone, and she doesn't know what that. She's at home, like doing yard work or gardening or something, or working on an aquarium. And she'll go, "Hello," and I'm like, "Hey, babe, it's me." And she's like, "Hey, babe, what you doing?" And I'm like, "Listen, I've got a guy here. His name's Mr. Smith. He's here checking out a car. I just wanted to know, is it okay with you if I sell him a car?" And she's like, "Oh my God, yes, absolutely, sell him a car." And then I'm like, I hang up the phone, and I look right at him, and I go, "Mr. Smith, okay." Now, I've talked to my wife. Why don't you go on the phone and call yours and see what she says? What, what kind of reaction do you get out of them? I get a lot of reactions from that. I get, and I've got a better one that I do too that I think is better, but it's more harsh. But I get everything from laughing and shucking it up to like dismay. Like, what did this guy just do? Oh, they're appalled. To just confusion like they didn't get it at all. Those are the dumb ones, right? And then I get the other ones who say, you know, you're right, dude. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger, right? Let's do it. Yeah. But but if I hadn't done that last thing, they wouldn't have said, let's pull the trigger, that small percentage, right? Mm -hmm. You've always got to try to give yourself another chance, right? So here's the other route that I go, and then I'll go to the next one. But okay. the other one is they say, hey, I need to talk to my wife. And I say, do you blame your wife on everything? Do you blame everything on your wife? Where are you, where are you going? I say, do you blame everything on your wife? And they go, what? And I go, well, God, I mean, you're here to buy a car by yourself. Now that we're talking about everything that's going to happen, you bring your wife into it? What'd she do? <laughs> What'd she do to you? Your wife didn't do anything to you. What'd she do to you? Did, did she do something to make you mad? All she did was marry you. Why are you putting her on here? Get her on the phone with me real quick see what we're doing. And, and that usually doesn't go that great. But at that point, I'm kind of ready to spin out anyway. So that's that. All right. So number nine. What's number nine? I need to sleep on it. <laughs> Man, all of these hit home so hard to me, I need, right? I need to sleep all, on it. All of these hit home so hard to me because I have sold 
thousands of cars, right? I've personally sold thousands of cars and I've been through all the humps, all the valleys, everything there is. I've heard everything. I've heard everything. The truth is that I really feel like when I'm selling a car, when you sit down with me, it's not fair for you, right? It's not. It's not fair because I've seen everything. You haven't, right? But I need to sleep on it. Like that one really busts me right in the balls. Do you know? Do Are you, you tired? Are you sleepy? Do you know what the only thing is that I've ever actually slept on? A like, mattress? Well, that besides that. What? I think a job offer. I think I've had job offers where I, I really thought I had to like, I don't know, really comprehend it and put it all together and see if it made sense. But I think everything besides that, I don't think I've ever slept on it. That's a career choice, and I have too, right? But I don't think I've ever slept on anything else. But a freaking car? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I've ever slept on, that, on anything else. Slept on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, shout out to Marna. Mm -hmm. If I sleep on her, she'll die. She would, I'm she, would, big. she would suffocate. I'm big. So I'm going to sleep on it. And so I'm like, okay, what do you like when you say you're going to sleep on it? I'm like, did you take a tranquilizer? You know what? What's the deal here? Right. I'm going to sleep on it. There's usually a deeper reason. They don't like the car. They don't like the numbers. They don't like something. Right. And so you got to dig through that and figure out what it really is. And I'll just look at them and say, that's look, honestly, give me some respect. It's definitely not that you have to sleep on it because you and I both know that you sleeping and waking up, well, I don't make decisions off the bat. Well, I mean, when you have to take a shit, do you think about it for a few minutes or do you just go to the bathroom? No, you make decisions off the bat. Everybody does. I mean, sometimes I have to think about if I really need to shit. <laughs> I got to sleep on it. No, I never have to sleep on it, but I don't poop in public. That's at, a my whole, age, at my age, I don't have the opportunity to sleep. That's on a it. whole other topic, but I don't poop in public, so I really have to debate if I'm gonna, if it's worth it to me. Sometimes I leave my desk to go to the bathroom. I'm not sure I'm going to make it. But the fact is that nobody actually has to sleep on it. It's just another lame excuse. All right, the next one. What do we got? Hang on a second. This stuff's pretty good. We wrote down today. Okay, so Christy's saying that the issue is the stigma <laughs> of the car salesman. It can be. The, the stigma of the car salesman is always an issue. That's something that we constantly fight through, right? We constant. It's like an attorney. <clears throat> There's a lot of professions that have stigmas where people just don't trust us. It, but what they do to combat that is silly because they come in, they lie to us. We're trying to help over them. and over and over again, and they don't. And if we are trying to help them, they would never know because because we're we're so busy being lied to. But I love this one too. I got low blood sugar. That's the next one. <laughs> I've got low blood sugar, man. I've got low blood sugar. Man, I got low blood sugar. I don't feel so good. I need to go. You I got low blood sugar? Dude, I used to, when I was selling cars, I had a snicker in my pocket. I had a snicker in my pocket. I got low blood sugar. I'd be like, bam. How about a snicker? Do you have in, did you have insulin in like a mini fridge? Were you ready for them? I have mini fridges, Snickers, Sprites, all sorts of stuff, right? Because here's the thing. If you're sugar low, I want to get it high. <laughs> I want to get your sugar high. And that way, we can try to figure it out. Man, your sugar isn't low. And you try to hand them a, you try to hand them a Snicker, and you realize they're lying that they actually have diabetes, and they couldn't eat that Snicker if their life depended on it. <laughs> Right then, they can't eat that. That's just a big lie, right? 
So you got to fight through that. Man, your sugar isn't low, dog. And you got to calm them down. That's really, when they say their sugar's lower, they're hungry, that's really an escape mechanism, right? They're afraid of something. They're not comfortable with you. And that goes back to building rapport with them, becoming their, their friend up mm -hmm. front, treating them right, giving them honest and the right information, making them feel at home, and just being a good guy. But then you know, right? you know how you counter it? One of the good ones that we counter with that I've noticed that we do is they're like, oh, my sugar's low. It's like, oh, you're hungry. Cool. Hey, man, there's a badass place around the corner. Shout out Carrollton Chop Shop. You know, Boom. Chop Shop got good food. And by the way, shout out Carrollton Chop Shop. You guys do a great job. We love you. But check it out. You go to the shop, Chop Shop. Hey, while you're at it, why don't you take our car? Go on a little bit of an extended test drive. Go, to our, right. go on our car. Right. See how you look going through the drive-thru at McDonald's in this car. Right. Take them to lunch. Yeah. So, take yeah. them to lunch. Get in the car and take them to lunch. Take them to lunch. Your blood sugar's low. Uh, you're hungry. I've I seen, got you. I've seen sales guys like order food for customers on a Saturday when we have pizza and stuff. We're like, hey, do you guys want some pizza? We got pizza back here. You just yeah. got to get creative. You and do. it comes back to building that rapport. It comes back to the customer being like, okay, this guy's not trying to BS me. He genuinely cares about my blood sugar. <laughs> he genuinely cares about my well-being. He does right now. Yeah. And, but it does. It comes back to rapport building. It comes back to. It comes back to, um, people liking you or not, right? And we talk about it a lot in our meetings, but that happens right off the bat. Okay, next one. Ready? Let's do it. We ready? Hang on a second. We ready? I need to look at my monthly finances. Okay, so here's like like here's one that's has it's multifaceted like i need to look at my monthly finances that always amazes me because that means they left the house went to the car dealership before they even looked at their monthly finances mm -hmm. right they never even thought about what they need to do or what payment goal they have or what kind of car they should shop for the price or anything else they were just like let's go to the dealership yeah and i'm like wait a minute so you woke up today knowing you wanted to buy a car and at no point prior to you being here, did you think to yourself, what am I trying to spend? No. But the truth is people don't sometimes. People just go to the dealership sometimes just like mill around and do weird stuff, which I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd rather do, or, or they think they're going for a purpose, but they really haven't thought it through, mm -hmm. right? And so at that point, you have to sit them down and figure out what their goals are, right? I've sat down with customers and gotten a pen and paper out and I have gone through their entire month, monthly budget with them. Sadly, many of these customers had never done that for themselves. They'd never done it. Hey, how much do you spend on groceries? I spend uh, $120 a month. Okay, great. How much do you spend on rent? Uh, I spend $908 a month. Okay, how much do you spend on this? And you go down the list with them, right? And then you go, well, it looks like based on your income and what you take home. You should ride the bus. You've. It's not nice, Sergio. If based on your income, you you've got the bus. you've got you've got room for about a three hundred and fifty dollar car payment, right? Okay, great. I know you came in on the two thousand seventeen CLS. It's fifty grand. You have two thousand dollars down, but financially, I think you need to be on this car, and that helps you get into what they're doing. We call it placement selling, mm -hmm. where you place them into the right car for them, and you ultimately help them out. Doesn't always work like that. They definitely don't mostly appreciate it, but that's the direction you go from that. Okay. Now here, here's the other one. Go, kind of going with that with the finances. When you get, I, I can help you, Christy. When you get to a customer that's like, oh, I need to be at three fifty a month. 
and you're at 375, well, that's too much. That's too much for my monthly budget. And I, I really, really want to tell them, Mr. Customer, if you can't afford 375, you can't afford 350 either. Because 25 bucks a month means that one less trip to McDonald's, one less trip to get your nails done, you know, right. two less Starbucks. Like it, like once we get to that part, and I've told some customers that it's like, look, man, if you if three fifty is you know your max and three seventy five you can't do, you really can't do three fifty. Like, what are we doing here? And once you put logic into them, sometimes they sometimes they respect it. And they're like, well, you're kind of right, you know. Sometimes you can still get them done. But really, I mean, what's the difference between twenty five bucks a month? There's in the there's, grand scheme of things, how how life altering is twenty five bucks a month? There's really not a difference. <clears throat> there's really not much of a difference at all. I mean, twenty five bucks is to it's get not what gonna, you, yeah to get what you want or to get a or it, to get a car or not. But especially when you get to the point where it's a car that you want, and I point that out too. It's like if you want what you want, and the difference is twenty five dollars, just get what you want. Why do you want to spend twenty five? <laughs> like, why do you, if I can get you in exactly what you want to get into, and we're fighting over twenty five dollars, just do the damn thing. I mean, what are we talking about right now? I mean, are you telling me that if it comes to <laughs> Are you telling me in, in different cases, right? Are you telling me that if you, if it's between you getting this car and riding the dart bus tomorrow or getting the car you want or not at another level that you're going to let 20 or $25 stop you? Like, like if that's the case, if that's the case, then I need to tell you something. I mean, this in the nicest way. You're a fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> you're an idiot. Like you probably don't even deserve to buy a car at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was a little harsh, but it's true. You're a fucking idiot if, if that's what you're doing, all right? So 20 25 bucks. I understand $100 difference. I do. I get that, right? Right. But 20 25 bucks in car payment, I mean, it's just, it's, and not to make light of money, not to make it seem like it's not important, but when it comes to, and we deal with a lot of people that are, it's the difference between walking or driving, mm-hmm. right? They get stuck in their head. They get a certain thing stuck in their head. And that brings me to the next one, the old fly in the ointment, the relative that's there with them, giving them advice. That's the other thing. The, no, my no. Rel- I want to talk to my relative and figure out what's best, right? And a lot of times they're with them, and that's the worst one, right? And they're there, and everything you do, they understand, you understand. The relative's like, oh, hell no. Because they don't want you hell to come no. up. No, I, man, you know what? That's bullshit. What's that interest rate again? 12%. Yeah, but your credit score is five eighty. Oh hell, no, nah, no, nah. oh hell, no. Nah, I just, hell, nah. I just like no. That, that that's that, that's too much, too much. My favorite one is the one when the relative is getting a, a nice car, and then the other relatives are basically hating. It's basically what it comes down to. They don't want to see you rise up, and they're like, "Well, he's only twenty five, and he's getting a BMW. I'm forty two, and I I'm still riding a fucking Kia." No, it's like they, it, they're hating on you. Well, we also work in an industry where people that don't know a lot about it think they do. Or, or they worked in the industry 20 years ago. Right. And they think that the industry is still the same. Man, I've been in the business for 20 years. I sold cars before. When? Oh, back in 1989. Okay, cool. None of that still matters. It's it's different now, right? A lot of stuff's different. So there's that, there's that thing. The internet's been invented since then. Lastly, and oh, I can't wait to get to this one. Here is my favorite one of all time. And this is the one that happens when... And here's what happens. They come in. They want a car they cannot buy, right? For various reasons we won't go into, right? Not enough money down, credit, whatever. 
cars too expensive, they don't make enough money. There's a million reasons why they can't buy that car. There's a million reasons why I can't buy a certain car mm-hmm. and why you can't. It happened. It, it's that way for everyone in the world, right? Yeah. Most of us in the world, right? Yeah. They come in. They want a $50,000 Benz or an $80,000 Benz or whatever, right? They're qualified through Capital One for a max amount financed of thirty-five grand, the $600 max payment, which is their most common approval, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, financing thirty-five grand is a nice car. Yeah. It's a nice car. But the car they want, they have to be financing 55000 right? And they can't buy it, okay? And you tell them, look. This is your approval. It's the best approval we have for you. But your amount financed has to be $35,000 or less. And your max payment has to be $600 or less. And at this point, I'm going to move my mic. Yeah, I'm I'm going to. I'm going to show you what happens. (laughs) They put one hand out with palm up. Mm -hmm. One hand down over the top with palm down. Mm -hmm. And they say, I want what I want what I want. Right? I love it. I want what I want, what I motherfucking want, okay? And I'm not going to pay for something I don't want, right? Right. And I want to do that again just for everybody that's listening, looking around, all the car guys out there, get it while you can, right? Palm up, palm down, straight arms, very erect posture, dead eye contact, because this is the most honest they've been the whole time. I want what I want what I want. All right. I love it. I love it. Christy, I do too. We all do. I get it. I love it. Chris, Christy drives a Stingray that has a spe- special package on it that like everybody in the world wants, right? So she doesn't know what we're talking about. But the Christy absolute, said you're sexy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody got no time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But the fact is that... Um, they want what they want what they want and we get that but we have to and that's one of the hardest jobs we have one of the hardest things we have to do in a day is tell someone they can't have something they want right because it hurts them it hurts them it hurts us too because we the truth is we want you to have the same car like we don't want any issues we want we don't want any uh any rub we just want you to come in if you want a car we want you to buy it and leave and you're good everybody's happy that's that's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is that most of the time people can't buy the car they want, okay? And the, the further truth is that people want cars that don't even make sense for their lifestyle, right? People just want too much car, right? They do. For, for different reasons that don't make sense. They make sense, but that, that, aren't, that aren't right. You know, different reasons that aren't right. Either it's just too much car, they're trying to stunt when they shouldn't. Uh, they're trying to get to that next level. They're not at yet. Mm-hmm. They're trying to. Uh, they're just trying to do a little more than they should, right? And they want more car than they should buy. You know, the truth is that banks have been doing this for a long time from a finance standpoint, and they know what too much car looks like. They do, and they'll tell you real quick. Not, not, not. This is not where you need to be. You need to be over here. They're not saying no. They're saying change your focus a little bit. Right? Yeah. And, and here's the reasoning. Some people don't understand this. Some people think that, some people think that, oh, I got approved for $30,000. That means I can get any car on the lot that's $30,000. No, you cannot. You can get a $30,000 vehicle that makes sense to the bank. So people don't understand that a, um, a let's, let's use a Honda Pilot. It's an SUV. Honda Pilot, third row SUV, 
it runs on regular gasoline, not a, regular unleaded. You know, it's going to last 500,000 miles with little to no problems. It's just got overall, it's an overall safer vehicle. And then you run into something like a Land Rover that is going to cost five times as much to repair anytime you have to repair it. The oil change, can't you can't do an oil change at Jiffy Lube. You got to go to Land Rover. You have to put Supreme gas in it. Right. It's life expectancy is 120,000 miles as opposed to 500,000 miles on a Honda. And if you got some bumps and bruises on the credit, the bank's saying, well, this car makes more sense. Long term, this Honda makes more sense because there's a better risk that this customer, it's a better risk for us. The customer's going to pay for it. Customers are going to have problems with it. Customers are going to be happy with it. Right. Long term. From a bank standpoint, it's called scoring. And the truth is, they're not scoring you personally. They're scoring they're the really car. not. They're scoring the car. They're, they're, no, no. They're, sco- they're, they're not scoring you or they're scoring you in the car. Right. But they're also scoring everyone that buys cars, right? Right. Like the history they've had with loaning cars for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens. We've got all this data. People repossess cars when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, when people buy Mercedes or Maseratis and they shouldn't have, and we've gone ahead and given them the loan in an ill-advised way, the car breaks down, they can't afford to fix it, we have to repossess it, right? Mm-hmm. They see that data and they score off of that. It's not just you, it's not just your income, it's not just, the, it's not just you. There's a lot of things that go into how a bank scores financing, right? And people just don't get that, they just don't get it. People really, people say they know about it, but they don't know about it. Well, and from what I've learned, in I mean, I've been selling cars for eight years, and I've only been selling luxury cars for about a year and a half. Right. But and I mean, I've I've dabbled in a little bit before, but like where we almost do it exclusively. And the thing that a lot of customers don't realize, they see the glitz and the glamour of owning a Maserati and owning a, you know, a Mercedes and all that, but they don't realize that that Mercedes costs a whole lot more to to repair. Again, you don't go, you can't go to Jiffy Lube and get a oil change on a Mercedes or a, a Maserati. It's a five hundred dollar oil change on a Maserati. That's a whole lot different ball game than going to Walmart and getting the twenty five dollar the twenty five dollar oil change. Take five, take five, all that stuff. Like they don't understand that, and some customers really don't grasp that. Even after they buy the car, I don't think they really grasp it. Sometimes. Can you get me in the Mozzie? They get it, and then they're like, "Hey, man, I had to take it to Mozzie, and it was like." $800 for a key. Yeah. It's called owning a Maserati. The right. key comes from Italy. And the keys are like bricks. And the like key, those things are substantial. They're way more substantial than the fucking car. But the key comes from Italy. The key doesn't, you can't just the cut engine, a key. It's a Ferrari engine. And you're like, listen, you need to go ahead and get this $6,000 warranty to protect the car. And I'm like, hell no. I got this. I'll take care of it myself. They have no idea that the second that engine makes a funny noise, it's fifteen grand. And they don't understand that their uncle and that, up. their uncle that works on cars can't work on that car. You know, I got a guy. H- hell no. I got a guy. No, no, your guy works on Impalas. Your guy doesn't work on Maseratis. I think Christy just found her calling. Because I don't really like people, but I know bullshit and I love money. This is a great story. Hey, hold on, hold on. So Christy likes. Nope. Nope. Ah, that's the one. Boom. Oh, she, she does. She likes that. So I've known Christy a long time. i got to put this out. This is a great story. So back in the day, her and I were neighbors, down the street neighbors. We used to go party all the time. We would get drunk, go back to, on the way home, we'd slide to this, uh, slide into this um, jack-in-the-box drive-thru. 
We'd pull into the drive-through. We'd order food. Christy would look at the guy in the drop. Check it out, Serge. In the drop-through window, and just go like this. He'd go, "That'll be twelve eighty-three." And she'd go, "Whoo!" And he'd go, "Thanks. It's good." <laughs> I mean, dim titties got me more tacos and Jack in the Box burgers than anything in the world. <laughs> Every time, wow! <laughs> Every time, it was greatness. We had a lot of fun. She could scream, "Motherfucker!" We're waiting for this comment, I'm sure. So, okay. Is that it? Do we have more to that list, or did you just uh, did you give us the amended version of that list? I think you gave us the amended version. I mean, there's. I don't like the price. There's. Okay, you know. there is. Okay, that. Okay, let's go to that one real quick. Okay. Real quick. Okay. If the price is $39,990 on the website, and you've seen it on, let's say you've seen it on Car Gurus, $39,990. Right. It says it's a fair price. Right. And then you go to our website to look at the car. It's thirty nine thousand nine ninety, and you walk into the dealership. I don't like the price. Well, what the hell was the price earlier when you saw it? Right. Was it thirty nine thousand nine ninety? Here's well, the yeah. better one. Drives Fido crazy. So somebody calls our dealership from Alabama. Okay. From Alabama, they call a dealership in a small dealership in Dallas, Texas. They go, "Hey, I'm interested in whatever car." Right. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, great. And they go, but I want to pay a lower price. Dude, you called here from, from Alabama. Alabama. Greenbow, Alabama. All right. You called here from Alabama on this car. And you want to talk about the price. There's a reason you called here from all the way across, across the southeast. Because obviously you didn't find one closer to you that's any cheaper right. or any nicer. Or that has what you need, right? It just blows my mind. I just, I, like I said, my favorite one is the one when the customer is like, I don't like the price. It's like, you knew the price before you walked in here. You've seen the price on various websites. You get here, you know the price. You probably even asked me for the price before we even got started with this process. And then you come back to, I don't like the price. Well, why did you even show up? Do you go to one? Right. Like, do you go to Gap and you look at some jeans online? You're like, I like those jeans. I'm going to pick them up. And then you walk into the Gap and it's like, well, I like these jeans, but I don't like the price. Okay. Well, I'm not going to buy them. Okay. Express is right next door. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Chris just says it's all disgusting striptease. <laughs> oh, I just, I don't know. I just, I get, I can't ever wrap my head around certain, certain rebuttals. I don't, it, it, and so, Christy, in response to what you're saying, it's not the game. It seems like the game to people that think they know what they're doing when they're buying a car. But the truth is that now, because of the internet, Pricing on cars is so competitive that all dealerships have to give their best price online or nobody will even call on it, right? I mean, it's it's different than it used to be. It's truly different, right? If I told people what we pay for a car that we sell them or that there are times when we sell a car at a loss or there are times when we only make $1,800 in profit on a $50,000 car, they wouldn't believe me. They don't believe me. They're like, no, that's not true. People have the... They have the misconception. I really feel like some people have the misconception that we get these cars at auction in these crazy prices. Like a, a car that we sell for 25 grand, we get it for like 12. Yeah. And we're like doubling our money. No, no. like It's not the truth. It's like. It's not the truth. What is it? Maybe like 4% of the time. It's under 5% of the time. Right. But Christy, the truth Does is that, that you buy all your cars from major dealerships that have tons of fees. Like, like the truth is, Christy that you buy your cars 
from franchise dealerships that have four grand in fees that you don't even know are there. Keep it, you do it again and again, and one more time for Christy. Bam. Mm-hmm. That's what and happens, then, Christy. After you buy the car, Boom. this is what happens what to you happens? when you're leaving. Go ahead. That's what happens, right? That's what happens, and and that's that's how that works. People, we're being funny right now, but that's really how it works, right? That's why it's all, that's why I always think it's better to find a good small private dealer that, like us that you can work with, whether it's us or somebody else that you can go to and buy a car from because our fees are minimal. Well, because our overhead is minimal. Here's the thing I tell people, and I think you've told people this too, when they go, oh well, I can go get the car at Sewell. It's like, well, do you think Sewell has a Starbucks in there because it's free? Do they have? A, do they have? I mean, is all this quality service just coming out of Mr. Sewell's pocket for free? I'm going to say this, and I, and I hope Christy hears this, and everybody else I know at some point, all the few people, <laughs> nobody's listening, but all the people that know me, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're in the market for a used car and you're my friend and you go anywhere else, you're just, you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking straight. You're not. Like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to I'm going to help you out. Mm-hmm. If you buy a car and there happens to be an issue, you're my buddy, I'm going to help you out. I do it all the time. I've got so many friends that buy cars for me, right? So many, probably five to eight of my friends a month buy cars from me. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can't believe it's not more. Because I got friends that buy cars all the time. I can't believe they wake up knowing I'm in the car business and they go, well, I'm just going to go talk to some random ass dude and buy a car. Why would you not come talk to me? I think there's a few reasons why, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me, okay? That makes sense to me. Maybe they're not that comfortable with their financial credit situation. Right, they don't, they don't want to disclose but They don't that, understand that. I don't care about that. I care about helping you out. I care about helping you try to get in the car you want. I care about, do I care about making money? Who doesn't care about making money? Do it again. Who doesn't care about, one more time. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Who doesn't care about making money? But that's, but th- when you're my friend, or, or that's not the most important thing. My most important thing is helping you be happy. And if some money gets made for me by that, then good. Hey, <laughs> you're stupid. I just think that pe- I think people really don't understand that, you know, we we are very transparent about what we charge you. We are. That's we put everything on the line. Nobody does that. We, yeah, we, we put every fee we have on the line, line by line by line. And people go, what is that four ninety five dealer service fee? Well, that's what it takes us on average to service a car and get it ready to sell to you. They go, I don't want to pay that. Well, that's okay. You don't have to pay that, but you got to go shop somewhere else if you don't want to pay that. Well, and the thing I point out to other customers is that we try to be very transparent and, and you know, our ownership likes to put that fee out for everybody. Or we could do like other dealerships do and just mark up the car $495 and have no fee. Right. I mean, cause that's what they do. Well, it's the fees higher than 495, but usually dealerships will mark, will just add it to the price of the car. The average franchise dealership. I'm just going to ask Fido this. He worked at Nissan McKinney for a while. Fido, what is the average fees that Nissan McKinney has on each car? Can you answer that while we're sitting here? Fido may be like working on his next hit record. Might be. Guy's got a million views. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Fido. Yeah, thanks, Fido. You're giving us dead air now, bro. Let's see if Fido responds back. Christy uh, says something that I think is kind of important. She says, tell people how to come in and get some... $1,800 in recon, right? 
18? just recon. That is that is just a fee for cleaning up the car. That's our fee for that is four ninety five, right? Eighteen hundred dollars. That is Nissan. How much money would we make a month selling the fourteen hundred dollars in certification fees? That's now we're at thirty two hundred dollars in fees right off the bat, right? That's at Nissan. That's a Nissan, dude. Do you know that Nissans to me are the most boring cars in the fucking world, right? And no offense if you got a Nissan, I get it, whatever, right? But they're boring as hell. Six hundred dollars in paint, paint protection. protection. Okay. Hold on. So hold on. So now we're at we're now at, we're at two thousand. We're at thirty eight thirty eight hundred dollars, right? Jesus. The the fact is that when you go to a franchise dealership, their overhead is so high, and they've got so many bills to pay in that huge ass building up off the expressway that they put in there, that they've got to make sense of all these fees. They have to. There's mm-hmm. no way around it. They got to do it right. So when you go in for a thirty thousand dollar car, you end up paying forty thousand dollars for the car by the time you leave. But the price you saw was twenty nine nine eighty eight. What you left with was fucking 41, 243, or whatever, right? That's how that works. That is how that works. I think if you're going to say what you don't like, tell people how to come to you the right way. So if you come, that's a good point. If you come to us, in my opinion, what you've got to do is you've got to come to us with an open mind, and, and it's almost impossible to ask people of this, but just come to us and sit down and let us talk to you, right? Like, like I feel like we do more than sell cars. I feel like we truly consult people on how to make the right decision how to find the right car we give them all the options from financing because we have all the banks right and we do not hide things that's the most important thing that we don't do we are transparent we don't hide stuff all these fees that we're talking about right here a lot of this stuff they don't see or they don't know about right they might know about it later if they fine-tooth comb their paperwork but they don't know about it i mean how do you sell a car how do you sell a $40,000 car with $4,000 in fees before you even start talking about warranty and gap and before you start talking about tax title and license? We are transparent. Come to us, sit down, let us apply our process that is only in place to help you. Process looks like this. You come in, we meet and greet you. We sit you down, we do a needs assessment, okay? Okay. After the needs assessment, we figure out what car you're there for, how you want to pay for it, finance or cash, and all the good stuff right there. Then we test drive you in the car. We do a demo on the car. We do a walk around, let you look at the car and do all the stuff you want. At that point, we ask you, do you want to buy the car or not? If you say yes, we come inside and we try to come to an agreement on numbers, right? Mm-hmm. It's that simple. That's what we do. That's all we do, right? And, and that's just what I think people need to understand is that... Buying a car doesn't got to be hard. It's only hard when you go to places that want it to be hard for you. It's true. It's right. very true. I, I mean, I just bought a car recently, and I went to three dealerships. And oddly enough, the one that I thought that was going to jack me around the most is the one that didn't, which that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that experience. Oh, Clay. Yeah. Oh, Clay. Oh, Clay. I had a pretty good experience with him. Well, he's, he's in the process of cleaning his act up. And I was a straight shooter with him. I didn't give him that, oh, I work in the car business thing. I was just like, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm ready to do. Mm-hmm. If we can make it happen, let's do it. And we we, we played the, the back and forth game once on numbers. And after that, it's like, okay, we're good on numbers. If I like it, I'll go out there and check it out. If I like it, I'll do it. And I, I did it. Because, guys, car salesmen buy car to, cars too. 
we buy cars too. And right? we don't like that whip either. We don't like that that run around. We don't <laughs> like playing games. Instead, it says run DMT. <laughs> it does say run DMT. It does. Nobody knows what the fuck that is. But, but the truth is that, uh, dude, we know it's not easy buying a car. We're there to try to make it easier for you. That's all we really are trying to do. Do we make a profit by doing that? Yes, and we should. Do it again. Can you hit that one time? Bam again. Oh, I love that noise. Me, me this week has been more like... Man, Juan Harina is watching. I don't know who that is. I think it's pretty sure it's... I don't know who that is. No, I do. He used to he used to work with me at One and Two Automotive. Juan, is that you? If it's you, would you mind saying, hey, what's up? I don't know who that is. What's up, Juan? Thanks for watching. Can you hit that noise again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that like, is that like the sale, the car salesman, like the bird call? <laughs> That's how we get more car salesmen to listen? We just keep going. Yeah, keep going. And they start, they start piling on. <laughs> Chrissy likes that sound too. She, she loves does, that oh, sound. Trust me, she loves that sound. Chrissy's got a lot of problems, but money's not money's not one of them. So for tonight, I think we've gone over the most of the reasons or excuses that people don't buy cars. Um There's Juan right there. What's up, Juan? Juan. He's saying what Juan, up. Juan, I'm to doing us. well, man. Thank you. Uh good to see you on here. I hope you're doing well. I'm glad Juan showed you up. Kinda, you kind of got in right in the end of this, and we're about to wrap it up. But, man, next time when we put a live uh, uh, live thing up on Facebook, man, hop on soon so you can kind of hang out with us, dude. But you can check. You can always replay this thing, Juan. You can always replay it. You can always replay it. You can watch it on several different mediums. You, you missed, the, you missed the first two attempts where this thing didn't work out properly. So. Yeah. We, we should have been done an hour ago. I'm glad that we recovered, though. I'm glad yeah. I recovered this. Yeah. If you try, if I had left you to recover, we'd still be humming and hawing on this damn music. Nice. I like that little beat right there. It's nice. I did that. No, Wave, Wave Space Audio. Yeah. Okay. Wave Space Audio. Shout so, out. again, I'd like to give a shout-out to Wave Space Audio. I'd like to give a shout-out to our place of employment, TradelineMotorCars.com. If you're looking for a great deal on a pre-owned car, we are the guys. We got you. We got you. We got you. We're here to take care of you. Right. I mean, we're here to make money, too, because we're not the Boy Scouts. Do it again. Not for profit? Come on. Ain't no white cross on our door. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's one right there. He has been watching. Juan, man, thank you for supporting that. Dude, I appreciate you, man. And I miss you. You're a good guy, man. Uh, really appreciate you, uh, you checking us out, man. But for tonight, we're done. Over and out from Bourbons and Lacks. We'll holler at you guys next time. Later. Later.